The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are for informational purposes only and solely those of the podcast participants, contributors, and guests, and do not constitute an endorsement by or necessarily represent the views of the Hartford or its affiliates. You're listening to the Small Biz Ahead podcast, brought to you by the Hartford. Thanks for tuning in to the Small Biz Ahead podcast, brought to you by the Hartford. I'm Elizabeth Larkin, Managing Editor of Small Biz Ahead, and I want to welcome you to the Small Biz Ahead podcast, where we take a deeper look at the challenges facing small business owners. We also try to make you laugh along the way. With me today, as always, is Small Biz Ahead expert and small business owner, Gene Marks. Hi, Gene. Elizabeth, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good so far. But the day's early yet, so we'll give it a few <laughs> Very more. Very early. The coffee is not done yet. Not yet. Whether you're operating as a sole proprietor or you're managing a team of employees, your business's most valuable asset is your time. And Gene, you recently wrote an article for us detailing how you get stuff done, and most of it is really about how you manage yourself. Correct. So let's go over some of your tips from the article. Right. The first one is that you make a list every single day. Now, what do you like about making a list? And remember, Elizabeth, when we you know when we talk about people that are managing themselves and trying to be productive, um, sometimes it's 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 like the person. It's like you're almost like born uh, with the ability. You, you like have that trait about you. So, um, I, like, I've always been a list maker. So, whoever is listening to this podcast, you have to look to yourself and say, like, am I a list maker as well? Is that the kind of person that I am? Because that's what I am. I mean, I have I have two lists that I follow every day. I have a manual notebook that I carry on with me. It's a little composition book. And throughout the day, um, as, like, things come up, I'm constantly adding to like this running list of things that need to be done. Um, and I'm following that. I'm always referring back to that list of, of things I need to follow up on. Um, and then the second list that I have, Elizabeth, is um, I have a CRM system. So I use a product called Goldmine. Um, my company sells five CRMs. So if you should have a CRM system or even um, just if you're using Outlook or Gmail, something where you have tasks that you can schedule. Um, you know, because I have my my list in my CRM system are people to call back and emails to send. So I have I have these two lists. I have this list of sort of things to do. In other words, like projects to follow up on, things not to forget. Um, and then I have this other list in my CRM system of calls and emails that I'm sending. Sometimes when I'm using my manual list, um, like I'm talking to you, Elizabeth, and you're like, hey, Gene, make sure you give me a call next week. I may make a note of that in my manual list, and then when I get back to my CRM system, I'll put it in there um, as well so that it never falls through the cracks. But it's it's list, 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 list. It's always like stuff you know to do. I've always got things that are sort of pending um, so I know nothing falls through the cracks. It's very important to me. Now, how often do you go back and prioritize that list? Because that, calling yeah. me next week might not be the most pressing project that you have for that day? Yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, you know, it's funny, different people have different ways of prioritizing um, their own list. I, I don't, I mean, what happens is that whatever ends up on my list, um, at any given point of time, I'm I'm always scanning that list, you know. Or even if I have actions for the day in my CRM system, my phone calls and my uh, my emails, I, it's not like I have that many. I mean, okay, maybe I have 50 or 100 things to do, emails and phone calls to send during the day. Um, I it, it's a I scan it and and I'll say, okay, I definitely want to make that call and I want to need to make that call and I want to call that. Um, and then whatever I don't in my CRM system, it just forwards to the next day. 
So I don't really have to worry about completing everything all at a time. Now, that doesn't mean it's not important for some people to prioritize what they do and uh, maybe, maybe you work better that way. But uh, things change all the time. So no offense, Elizabeth, you know, you, you say, hey, call me, you know, next week. And like, it's really important at the moment. And then like next week comes by and I'm like, yeah, Elizabeth can wait a couple of days. I think I'll, <laughs> I'll let it, you know, forward on. So I've it's just a constant, call. yeah, it's a constant reevaluation. That's all. Would you ever consider moving from analog to digital? What do you mean analog to digital? Well, you've got your your notebook right now. Would you yeah. ever consider using a system like I use Wonderlist, which I ah. love, um, or like Evernote? I know a lot of small business owners like live in Evernote. I do too, actually. I use it now. Evernote, since that you bring that up, I do a lot of writing um, and speaking. So I'll, I keep all of my writing and speaking ideas in, in Evernote. It's great so, for notes. It's fantastic, as long as you go. First of all, um, I don't really care or fault whatever people use to keep their lists. I mean, uh, you know, it's 19, well, what is it, it's 2015. There are plenty of people that read the newspaper and plenty of people that get their news solely online. If you're the type of person, Elizabeth, that you are efficient and productive using an, an, like a tool like an Evernote or, or some type of a list application on your iPhone, then by all means, go and do your thing. Um, I'm like 50 years old, so my whole life I've just I'm used to carrying around a composition book and making notes in it. That works for me, so I'm sticking to it. So I guess I mean my answer is really whatever is working. Um, you know, I'm in the technology business, but it annoys me when people like jam technology down your throat just for the sake of it. Um, yep. The whole point of using technology, even like in Evernote, is if it does help you to get stuff done faster. But if it if it doesn't, if you're good with your existing system, don't change it. Change other stuff that might need more attention. Yeah, I agree. I actually also use a paper list for my like really urgent things that I need to do every day. And it's the stuff that I think, oh, yeah, I've got to get that done in a couple weeks that I end up putting in Evernote. Yeah. Just because I feel like opening the program, typing it in, it, it almost takes more time than just jotting it down in my notebook that's right I in agree. And, and, a, and a couple things about lists as well is that on the paper list, um, crossing something off the list is therapeutically awesome, <laughs> you know, because you're <laughs> yeah. like, I got that done, right? Um, and then the other thing, sometimes at the end of the week, I will transfer that list. I'll create a new list. So I'm sometimes I'm rewriting things from the old list and then adding some stuff. But the the act of rewriting something on a piece of paper is making me think about it a little bit more. And it again, it's sort of a it's sort of a therapeutic thing to do. Yep. The other list that I make, which is has been over the years, has been so helpful to me, Elizabeth. Is you know sometimes you have those days where like things just and you've got you know c customers yelling at you or your boss yelling at you or things that aren't at whatever um, a really good list that I make uh, you know periodically is I'll make a list of like the five or ten things that are like today like that are really like you know why my day is Here's my here's, here's, here's six reasons why this day is gone. And I'll literally put that in a list not to do anything with it. But you'd be surprised like a month or two later, I'll look back at that list because it's in my composition book. And I'll be like, eh, what was I worried about back then? I mean, it's all, you know, you know what I yeah. mean? It's two months later. It all seems like it's such minor at this point. So that's like another therapeutic thing about making lists that's been um, kind of helpful. Now, what about the people, I want to address this group of people because I'm one of them and I know there's a lot out there, that you wake up in the morning or at the end of the day, the night before you make your list, right. and at the end of the day, you've worked all day, but you have not touched anything on that list. So I want right. to move on to your next point, which is blocking off time, which I think yep. is so important. 
It is. Um, and, and I can tell you how I how I do that as well. And it's not as hard as it sounds. Um, I mentioned earlier that I have like a list of tasks um, in my CRM system. And again, if you use Outlook or, or you know, Google Tasks or anything like that, same, same concept. And I have calls and I have emails, right? So, I mean, during the course of the day, I will say, okay, look, for the next hour, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make calls. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make calls. So you can filter any list on any CRM system and just say, just show me my calls for the day. So the 12 or 87 calls show up, whatever it might be, right? You look at the list and you start prioritizing. Okay, let me start calling. These are, this is an important call to make. That's an important. And you just do it. Um, it's just, I don't know. When I hear people say like, oh, I get distracted and I get other calls and I get... That's that's just your fault. I mean, you know, you don't look at your other emails. If somebody is at your door, they want to come in and talk. You, you wave them away. I'm, I'm making calls. I'm, I'm, this is what I'm doing right now. I'm sure whatever you have is important, but it just has to wait until I'm done, and I'll be done in about 20 minutes. And you know, you just you you, you kind of stick to what your what your priority is. Same thing with emails. I mean, I'll take an hour out and say like, you know what? For the next hour, I'm just I'm going to be replying to emails. Doors shut, and that's what I'm going to do. Um, it just feels good when you're done. You can say, I got that done this past hour, um, and it moved me a little bit forward. So definitely, um, that, I, I do that a lot. I do that a lot. Yeah, I think a lot of times people let kind of distractions or things that aren't as important distract them or crowd out the time to do the stuff they really need to get done. Right. And blocking that time off, you really don't have an excuse. You've got yep. to do your emails. Yep, you really do. Now, in my job, and I don't know if if, if you, Elizabeth, or, or anyone else has the same kind of flexibility, sometimes if I want to do emails, um, I'll grab my laptop and leave and go to like a Starbucks or somewhere like a public place. I'll stick on my, you know, my earbuds and listen to some music and just crank out, you know, emails for an hour because then I know nobody's going to be knocking on my door. Yeah. Um, can't really do that for phone calls, you know, in a Starbucks. But, you know, that's uh, sometimes I do that for email and I do that for writing as well. Um, like, so I write something every day and um, I get up early in the morning and, and I block off, you know, an hour and a half to write. Um, so it's important to me. Plus, it's fun. So another one of your tips was that kind of leads into this is you know when you're smart and when you're dumb. So you've figured out when you're really good at writing, which is early in the morning. Right. And when you don't really have the patience for that or your creativity might be a little lower, so then you make all of your phone calls, you reply to emails. But what happens if you get knocked off kilter? Like I know you travel a lot for business or let's say you get a bad night's sleep. Right. Yeah, you know, this happens um, to everybody. Um, the, the bottom line is this, is that we are we are just smarter sometime during the day than other times. That's just the bottom line. And we have to be able to, to recognize when we're not feeling so smart mm -hmm. and to do something about it. I mean, Ronald Reagan used to take a nap as president for something like 20 or 30 minutes um, a day in the Oval Office. Um, and that was, you know, uh, that's just what he did. And a lot of senior executives um, say that, like, you know, recharging your batteries that way is, 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 is a good thing to do going to the gym or something like going that. To just breaking it up and just get sometimes you're just stupid so mm -hmm. it depends on the task that you're doing you know like if it's just sometimes if I'm feeling stupid and I know that I've just got to like respond to some emails and I don't have to think that hard I'll save my stupid tasks for that you know for, for when I'm feeling stupid um, but then when I need to like sit down and write and I know that I got to kind of try and be smarter and you know a little bit more on my game then I will set you know, I will set aside time for doing that like early in the morning because I know I'm I'm best in the morning. Some people are best late at night. But I will say if you've got the ability to 
push off an important task to another time when you feel you'll be smarter, if you're just not feeling it, then do that. If you have the flexibility yeah. to do that, do it. Don't just say, well, let me just get this done because I've got so many other things to do. Try and say, look, this is I, I really do need to think about this and I'm clearly not in the right frame of mind to do that right now. If you've got the flexibility, try and push it off. I actually keep a list of tasks for days like that when I'm just not feeling it, I'm not creative, I can't right. concentrate, you know, my focus isn't there. Just tasks that kind of need to get done at some point, but not right now, that are kind of monotonous, like updating like an Excel spreadsheet or something. Right. And I'll do the same thing. I'll put my Pandora classical station on and just sit there. And then I feel like I actually accomplished something. And the weird thing is, if I do that for 20 minutes, I might be able to do the harder task after that. Yeah, it's funny I'm to in get the into mode. that. So you do you do classical music as well? You'll put on because I do the same thing. Yep. I put on I use Spotify and I'll put on like classical music because I can't have singing in my ear exactly. as well. Exactly. Yeah, trying, that's uh, why I do classical. Yeah, which is which is great. And then sometimes you know I'll, I'll put on you know regular pop music and all that if I'm like you know walking around or if I'm doing mm -hmm. something that doesn't need that concentration. Um, but yeah, Elizabeth, I do the exact same thing as you. And just you know, sometimes I um, um, I know on my list, getting back to the composition book, that there are certain things on it that don't require a lot of thought. It's more like a task tasks to just do and like you I'll kind of push them a little bit aside because I know I'm gonna be stupider later on in the day and I'll just you know I'll, I'll use that stupid time to do that those more mundane tasks now you also write about knowing I guess it's really knowing yourself is what you're good at and what yeah. you're really not that good at now as a small business owner as you know you pretty much need to be good at everything when you're a sole proprietor, where you're working for yourself, or even if you just have a small group of employees who are doing very specific tasks. Right. Right. But eventually, you might need to outsource something you're not good at or hire someone else to do it. Right. So how did you come to accept the things that you're not that great at and then really focus on the things you are really good at? It's funny, as you grow in self-confidence, um, the people that I meet that are older than me or smarter or more experienced, um, the more that they admit that they don't know, because you realize as you grow older how much you don't know, um, the more, um, the better that they are at their jobs and at life. You know, whenever I meet people that seem like they, they give the impression that they've got it all figured out and they've got all the answers and they're all whatever, I always kind of raise an eyebrow because I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I've raised three kids and I don't have all the answers. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, so much is just not. So um, figuring out what you do best and, and what you don't do very well, I think is like a key part of being productive and growing your business. And having the self-confidence to um, delegate work to somebody else who might do something better than you in your company, um, and not letting your ego get in the way, um, is 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 really an important step that you need to take. And if 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 it's not just to, for a therapeutic or something that will make you feel better, think of the money. I mean, I have a guy in my company. His name is Corey, and he's just you know we implement CRM systems, Elizabeth. You know, like Salesforce and Microsoft Dynamics and a few others. And um, he's just better at it than me. I used to do it. But he like he's just better at training. He gets along with clients better. I mean, I used to be like the guy, and I thought I was really good at it. And then as work got too much, I needed him to do more and more. And he's just better at it than me. And I'm like, you know, this is ridiculous. He can be doing more of that implementation while I do more sales and marketing because I'm good at that, and I really like doing that. And um, it was sort of like a, I don't know, like a, a moment for me saying like, you know, okay, I'm cool with that. More importantly, I can make money off of this guy. 
because exactly. he's yeah he's really good and clients like him and I'm billing him out by the hour and I'm profiting so he's happy and I'm happy there's nothing nothing wrong with that so I, I just think that as a as you get older um, and you have a few more resources um, th- those business people that I meet uh, we have a lot of clients that are just they micromanage too many things and they worry about too many details. Um, the, the more that you give your employees the chance, or outsiders or partners the chance to do stuff for you, the more self-confidence you have to do that, the more money you'll make. And that's just the bottom line, which is why when you talk to, you see senior executives make millions of dollars because they're managing hundreds of people you know, at a time. So there's a reason for that. There is an art to managing a lot of people, and that's why they make so much money. Um, the sole proprietor makes only a certain amount of money because that person just managing themselves. So it makes sense. I really liked in the article that you said that you're actually a CPA, but you don't do your company's tax return. Yeah, because I'm like the world's the CPA ever. <laughs> I like I am a CPA, I'm, and I still have my CPA certificate. In fact, I just finished last week my CPE credits for this reporting period, <laughs> which is agony for me. Um, but I'm very proud of being a CPA. But you do not want to hire me, Elizabeth, as your CPA. For me, um, if it's close enough, it's good enough. And that's not exactly the way you want to be if you're a CPA. Just, just telling you right now. Um, but I, I maintain it because we do sell some financial, you know, um, software, and we do some, you know, financial uh, consulting work. And that is sort of like a, you know, it's a nice thing to have. Um, but I, I realized early on that um, I'm not very good with details. Like for me, if it, I'm like laughing, if it's close enough, it's good enough. So, you know, mm-hmm. if I get it to a certain point, I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Like you don't want me building an airplane. That's all I can tell yeah. you. Not this guy. Um, so I, I realized that and, and luckily I did. So, um, you know, I was able to um, and I had my, my story there is I remember I did a project for a client, Elizabeth. And again, this was probably like about 15 years ago when I was doing accounting work. And I remember he had so many questions about the work that I did, it was I did such a lousy job, the spreadsheet analysis, and had so many holes in it, and I just, I, I don't know, and I kept making up excuses and deferring and playing, you know, like, oh, I'll get back to you or whatever, and it was, every time the guy called, I was getting, like, nauseous in my stomach, and I just, I'll never forget that guy, I was like, you know what, I'm never gonna, I'm just not good at this, and this is crazy, I'm, I'm good at other stuff, so whenever we have stuff like this to do, I gotta have somebody else do it for me, and I'll focus on what I do best. Well, I think knowing that, tying back to your knowing what you're good at and knowing what you're lousy at, it just saves you time. It makes yeah, you more efficient. It makes you more money. And that and that's the goal. Yeah. So we can wrap up now maybe with your, I don't know, three or four bullet points you have with pe- for people. Let's say you're a new small business owner. You're trying to do everything. You have too much to do, too few hours in the day. I mean, what are some of your, do you have any like hard and fast rules? Do you say like don't work when you, you know, after 10 or, you know, do you have, I know that you actually left your full-time job. Um, because you wanted to spend more time with your family. But right. as a small business owner, you're working probably more than during your, your yeah, full-time Yeah, but, but I'm able to define the hours that I work a little bit. I mean, one of the biggest benefits of running your own business is that you can control your time a little bit more. And I, I kind of think life is all about control um, and how much time you can balance between yourself and your family and all of that, which is which is good. Um, when it comes to productivity, Elizabeth, I mean, um, I mean, number one, you really need to be honest with yourself you know, if you really, you, sometimes if you are a procrastinator, then admit that you're a, proca- a procrastinator. I don't think people change very much. I mean, I, at their core, I think people, and yet if you're a procrastinator, 
it's fine because I'm sure that you have got a lot of other strengths that you can use that can make you money. But if getting tasks done are not something that you're, you know, you can be relied on to do very good because you're a creative person or you go off on a whatever, um, you need to you need to budget for that. Meaning that you need to get help and get somebody that will help you get tasks done because I think that's really really important. So number one is you got to be honest with yourself. Number two is, and this gets back to what we were talking about earlier, is um, I strongly recommend that you make lists. I, I just, you know, to me, people walk around, they, you know, even CEOs of large companies, they might be making, they might not be making a list in a composition book, but I guarantee you they've got some administrative assistant that's doing it for them and yep. keeping them up to date on that list. So it's lists are very, very important because it's just the things that you need to do that day and that week uh, will keep you very, very productive. And finally, even if you are not a procrastinator, if you're a doer and you're a task person, um, know your good times and your bad times. So when you're, you know, when you have a week, you know, when you know you don't work that well in the afternoon or if you know, like me, I'm like smartest in the morning and then I start, you know, depreciating throughout the day. Um, you know, readjust your schedules so that you're doing stuff when you're, you know, the most important stuff when you're sharpest. Um, and you should know that about yourself. By the time you hit college, you start figuring out, you know, what those strengths and weaknesses are. So you should be able to figure that out. You'll work much more productively that way. Okay, great. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up our first Biz Ahead podcast. Gene, thanks so much for joining me this week. This was great, Elizabeth. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Small Biz Ahead podcast brought to you by The Hartford. You can find us online at smallbizahead.com. And while you're there, make sure to sign up for our weekly newsletter to receive tips and advice for managing and growing your business. You can also join the Small Biz Ahead community on Facebook and Twitter.